Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Best again this morning. Lord, I am glad to come into your presence once again this morning. Thank you because this is the day that you have made. Lord, your word says you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Father, we thank you for the blessing that you have prepared for us today. Thank you for the blessing of coming into your presence. Thank you for the grace to worship you once again. Thank you for the privilege to cry out, Abba, Father, once again this morning. You are God all by yourself. You do not need anyone or anything to complete you. You are God all by yourself. You are God almighty, maker of the heavens and the earth. No wonder the angels cry out, Kadosh, Kadosh is the Lord almighty. And we join the shouts this morning, Holy, Kadosh, Holy, he is the Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, creator of everything in the universe. We give you all the praise, precious Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. We magnify you again this morning, Savior of the entire world. Receive all the glory. As we study our Bibles again this morning, we ask for wisdom and insight in your word. We ask that, Lord, you will speak to us once again and let your name be glorified in our lives once more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy. We continue our reading, commentary, and study of the New Testament. A big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. God bless you. Thank you for taking out time to read your Bible today. And a big thank you especially to those joining us for the first time. God bless you for searching out His Word the Bible says that his word is a, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. I pray that the word of God will continue to guide you. It will continue to illuminate your path. You will know exactly what to do at every point. You will not be confused in life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's read Mark chapter 7 today. Mark chapter 7, we are almost halfway. When we get to Mark chapter 8, we will be there. Mark chapter 7, we see Jesus teach about inner purity. Okay, so if you want to become holy, uh, you need to learn the lesson from this chapter. Inner purity. And then Jesus speaks to all 
appreciates or teaches us about the fate of a Syrian Phoenician woman and then we see Jesus heal a deaf man. All right, so not a long chapter, but big lessons to learn. It says that one day, from verse 1, one day some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that, they noticed that some of his disciples failed. They failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. You see, about this time, this, this process or what this thing that they do before eating their meals had now become a ritual, a Jewish, a Jewish ritual. But you see, when God gave them, gave them this, this in quotes, this ritual, the purpose was not that it would become a ritual. The purpose was for hygiene. They were in the wilderness. Imagine three to four million people together, packed together. They, God had to give them laws, you know, to, to govern hygiene and how to, to prevent the, the contacting of disease and the spreading of disease. Okay, so it was not meant to, to become something you hold over the head of someone because... You see them eating without washing their hands in their house. Eh? So, yes, I just wanted to point that out. He says that they noticed that some of his disciples, some, okay, not all of them, failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. The, Jew, the Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands. And there's a reason, like I said, it was for hygiene that God gave them this 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 ritual it wasn't a ritual anyway put over their cup hands as required by their ancient tradition you see first of all when the word of god comes if you are not careful you can't change it into a tradition the word of god is not tradition no the word of God is not any human being's tradition. It is the word of God. Okay? But they have turned it into a tradition. They have mixed it up with their culture. And like someone tell, told me once, culture, culture, eh? We eat, it will eat the word of God for, for lunch. If you begin to mix your tradition with the word of God, you are trying to unite it. And I think that happened when the missionaries came to Africa, they were trying to find a bridge between the word of God and many of our tradition. And that is how traditional worship, traditional worship entered the church. No. Said, as required by their ancient tradition. Verse 4. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. <laughs> This is but one of many traditions they have clung, clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with this. Personal hygiene, okay? Nothing wrong with this. But holding it against someone else, none of your business, okay? 
Well, they are not living in they are not living in the wilderness anymore. None of your business. Verse 5 says so the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, they asked Jesus, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. It was never intended to be a ceremony. It was for hygiene. <laughs> Jesus replied, Okay, so who even knows whether they washed their hands earlier before coming to stand in your presence? But the Pharisees, you had to do it. It's a ceremony. It's a ritual you perform just before you start you start eating. <laughs> Tradition. It destroys, it nullifies, it will ignore the importance of the word of God. He says they eat first. Uh, they, why does your disciples follow? Um, don't your disciples don't follow? Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, <laughs> "You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote." These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas. They teach man-made ideas as command from God. Isaiah 29 verse 13. This is a man-made idea. That was not what God intended. And so you was always, when we, whenever we read the word of God, especially when we read the New Testament, you must always ask yourself the context in which it will apply to us in the New Testament. You must always ask yourself what was the intention of this law, especially the ceremonial law. Many of them you realize that Jesus fulfilled when he said, uh, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He fulfilled when he died on that cross. Okay, so Jesus said, their worship is a farce, or Isaiah, for the teach man-made ideas as command from God. Therefore, you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. You see that? If you are not careful, and I'm telling you, just look at our churches, even our churches today, we have substituted the word of God for, for tradition. For our tradition, many of them have entered into, you hear people trying to, to, to tell you to do many things that is in our tradition, the, the, the way we treat leaders, you know, in our tradition, and we call our kings, Kabiosi, in other words, no one can question you, and the same that applies, we take in the palace, we bring into the house, daddy, father, no one can question you, you are Kabiosi of your house, okay, but the word of God is not like that, Perhaps Jesus said, those who want to lead must be the chief servant, must serve others, okay, so, if you are not careful, you use your tradition to, to nullify the word of God. I don't want to go into some of our tradition that have put us, push us into idolatry. And gradually, we are bringing idolatry into the church where somebody will tell you, you have to go to one mountain first to be able to find God. Or you have to go and wash your head in a flowing river somewhere, you know, just to find God. Traditional worship, we, are, we will now be trying to use the word of God to fit into it. Tradition nullifies the word of God. 
Verse 9 says, Then he said, You skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother. Okay, that is what the word of God said, Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father and mother must be put to death. Exodus chapter 21, verse 17. Anyone who speaks disrespectfully to their father and mother must be put to death. See, but you say it is all right for, for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. We call this the Korban. Eh? I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In other words, then you don't bother giving to your parents. You don't take care of your parents. In quotes, because you made a vow in church, in the temple, in the context here, yeah, right? But that is wrong. The word says honor your father and mother you can honor your parents and still give in church but because they were more interested in what they they would get they then told the people as long as you have made a vow before god you were exempted from the law you were exempted from that law that says anyone would disrespect their parents refuse to honor them refuse to take care of them must be put to death. You you exempt people from it. You tell people that they don't have to keep it. Imagine that. That is what happens when you hold on to your tradition. When you hold on, you know, to what you can gain. And it was what the Pharisees could gain from the people bringing their, <laughs> their vows to the temple. And they're not needing to take care of anyone else. That was what they were interested. Jesus said, in this way, you let them disregard um, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down, to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. You see that you can cancel the word of God through your tradition. You can cancel the word of God through your tradition. I have seen many traditions in church many traditions in church and i and i just tell myself where did we get this from what does the word can you find in scripture where god says the bible says we should do this if you can't begin to question it begin to question it and then when you do that you will be able to isolate what was god's original intention for us, especially in that particular area. And then you can follow that. Verse 14, then Jesus called the crowd, called to the crowd to come and hear all of you listen to, he said, and try to understand. It's, it's not what goes into your body that defies you. You are defied by what comes from your heart. You are defied by what comes from your heart. So different teachings. To them, to the Pharisees, he was teaching them that they were nullifying the word of God through the tradition. But at the same time, it was important to impress to the people that what truly defies someone, if you want to determine purity, just like what defies somebody is what comes from the heart, what purifies somebody also comes from the heart. 
different things, righteousness and holiness. Righteousness we cannot do anything about. Righteousness we receive by the sacrifice of Jesus. It's atonement on the cross of Calvary. Very different, very entirely different from holiness. Holiness comes from what is going on in the heart. If the heart change, the outside will change. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd. And his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either? He asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? The purpose of was hygiene. It was not defilement. They are two different things. Defilement meant that you could not come into the house of God. You could not come and worship God, for example. That's defilement. It's different from hygiene that God was giving them. Where, okay, your your hands could become contaminated and you had to wash it. They are two different things. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is accepted in God's eyes. Okay? As long as it's good, it's fine for your body. Okay? You should, you should be able to eat it. Okay? It shouldn't be that, oh, uh, there is something in the Bible that says I cannot eat this, I cannot eat that. By this statement, Jesus declared that every kind of food... As long as you are interested, if you like it, you are free to eat it. Verse 20, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defies you. Like I said, it is what also comes from inside that purifies you also. It says, for from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Someone commits fornication, it is the heart. The problem is what is inside the heart. Someone is caught stealing, you are beating the person up. I agree. As long as the beating addresses what is in the heart, you are wasting your time. Okay, someone steals, falsifies figures, okay, and of course the law should punish them. Well, sincerely, while the punishment is going on for those of us who are mature, like Galatians 6, 1 says, you need to help that person change what is in their heart. If not, they are bound to do it again. But you see, the same principle applies. The same principle applies, you know, to holiness. Where does love, patience, gentleness, kindness, where do they come from? They come from the, from the heart of man. Okay, so if you purify the heart and you will get a taste of it when you become born again, the word of God, will, the Holy Spirit will fill your heart, will change you from within, but you need to begin to use the word of God. Fill your heart with the word of God. Use the word of God to begin to change what is inside. Change the very words that are producing greed. Change the very words, the very culture, the very training that are producing wickedness. If you begin to, I'm telling you, you will find that you begin to walk in holiness. Hallelujah. All right, let's try and complete this. Let's read about the fate of, of, of a Gentile woman. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north, north 
to the region of Tyre. He went not to the region of Tyre. That would, this would be Tyre and Sidon, right? He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it secret. Right away, a woman who had, who had heard about him, this was not in the nation of Israel, this is another country, okay, who had heard about him, came and fell at his feet. A little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from, from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile, remember that Jesus said that his earthly ministry was to the nation, the house of Israel. Okay, was to the nation of Israel. So since she was a Gentile born in Syrian, Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Jesus was not abusing her or calling her a dog. No, that is the description you will use at this time in the Old Testament. The Jews were children of God. Dogs you could not offer in the temple. They were, they were an abomination to God. The Gentiles, in quotes, were an abomination to God. Okay, so Jesus is just illustrating. I can't give the food, the food of the children, for the children, and to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scrap from the children's plate. Remember what I said about faith, that it is desperate. Do you sense any desperation in this woman? Yes, she is desperate. She, she didn't even say, ah, so you are insulting me. You are calling me a dog. She didn't say that. She said, okay, I agree. Okay, even if you, even, let's assume I am a dog. Aha. Uh -huh. Dogs, eh? Even dogs under the table. I don't mind that I am, I don't have a place on the table. But even if I am just perching under the table, ah, uh ah, -uh, Jesus. Some crumbs might still fall on the floor now. Aha. Uh -huh. And that I will be able to get. That will be enough to heal my daughter. And I'm telling you, this desperation in alone was enough to heal to heal our, our, our daughter. Jesus said, verse 29, good answer. He said, hey, hey, now go home for the demon has left your daughter. Jesus did not even need to come. I don't know what would happen. Is it when she had, okay, Jesus said it already left. Okay, so by Jesus' words right there, the demon, the demons left, left the daughter. Okay, it wasn't a struggle. It wasn't, I cast you, I bind you. It was just the words, the words of God. Now go home for the demon has left your daughter. 36, and when she arrived home, she found a little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. Hallelujah. I, 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 I pray this morning that God will give us an understanding of this thing called faith. Because many of us, our faith, our faith is so, is so feeble. One, 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 one simple push from, 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 from Satan, you know, and, and we are gone from the presence of God. No, our faith in God must be resilient. It must be desperate to touch God. Hallelujah. 
31, let's heal, read about Jesus healing a deaf man. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns, the Decapolis. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands, his hands on the man to heal him. Jesus led him away. Okay, so these are some of the questions I would Why would Jesus lead him away? Okay, is it because of where he was? We know that he went to Tyre and then went up to Sidon and then going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns, the Decapolis. This is an area where Jesus is known already. Okay, so Jesus decides to lead the man away from the crowd. I want to ask Jesus some of this question. Why did you need to lead the man away from the crowd? Why not heal him? But one clear explanation, Jesus was not looking for popularity. He was not looking to entertain the people with miracles like we do. No, he was only looking to use the miracle to point them to God, to, to let them understand that there is a God alive there is a god in israel he put his hand into the man's ear then spitting on his own finger he touched the man's the man's tongue looking up to heaven i will say i will also ask him why did you need to do this uh -huh. yeah why did you because since look at this woman now the demon to cast out the demon you didn't even speak to the demon you only said to the woman don't go don't worry go home the demon has left has left your left your 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 daughter but for this man look at all the drama then spitting on his own finger, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he signed and said, Ephata, ha, which means be opened. Instantly, the man, the man could hear perfectly and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. So why all this drama? The explanation I have for it is this is part of what we call the working of miracles. The working of miracles and the gifts of healing, it will happen in different ways. It would be up to God to decide. But sincerely, I'm going to ask Jesus this question when we get to heaven. Why did you need to do it like this? 36, Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, everything he does is wonderful. You see that? He was not looking for popularity because the people were eventually, they will come and force him to be their king. Everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and give speech to those who cannot speak. Hallelujah. Alright, so that completes our teaching. Let's take our lessons, lessons from today's, from today's reading. Okay, very, very importantly. Please learn, learn from, from the faith of this woman. Her faith was desperate. Afraid was determined. It was it was focused. She didn't care whatever anybody was saying, even what Jesus was saying. All she cared was her daughter. Her daughter was healed, was delivered of this demon at home. Your faith must be focused. Your faith must be focused on a person. I said must be focused on God and God alone. Hallelujah. Next, let's learn from from the story of purity. Purity comes from within. Defilement also comes from within. If there's anything you are struggling with today, you need to start addressing it from within. What is inside you that is bringing forth? 
this defilement that is bringing forth this habit that is bringing this bringing forth this struggle with this sin what is inside as you begin to do that i'm telling you you will find the grace of god to change in that area of your life father we say thank you lord bless us help us to be doers of this world and let your name be glorified in our lives in jesus mighty name we pray Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.